0: Welcome to another edition of the Learning Revolution Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Cobb, and Learning Revolution is the podcast for people who want to build a successful business in the market for lifelong learning, training, and education. For any listeners who may be joining for the first time, the Learning Revolution Podcast has grown out of a series of interviews I conducted while writing the book, Leading the Learning Revolution. You can find out all about the book and also get show notes for the podcast and other great resources at www.learningrevolution.net. In this session, I am very excited to be talking with Leo Babauta. Many listeners may know that Leo is the founder of the wildly successful Zen Habits blog at www.zenhabits.net but his work goes well beyond that. He is the author of multiple books and ebooks and most importantly for the purposes of this podcast he has successfully launched and developed some some very successful web-based learning communities. In the podcast we talk about some of the secrets to Leo's success, tips and insights that you can put to work in your own efforts and Leo also offers his perspectives on uh, the state of education and the need for better approaches. One last note before we dive in. There there is some static in my audio in a couple of places early in the interview, but it drops off pretty quickly. So just be aware of that and let's get going with Leo. I'm joined today and very pleased to be joined by Leo Babalta, who is the founder of the very, very popular Zen Habits blog, uh, author of The Power of Less and creator of numerous other things, some of which I hope to discuss today. But first of all, welcome, Leo. Thanks so much for, for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Well, you know, you're you're well-known, uh, obviously, as, as a blogger, and, and Zen Habits, uh, I think, has close to a quarter million readers uh, at this point. But one of the things I've been interested to see is that, you know, after building such a, a, a great following a great audience uh, as a writer on zen habits one of the areas that you then gravitated towards and I, and I think maybe you were enticed towards it at first if i if i understand correctly but is this this area of uh, of helping to to educate others helping others to learn in um these sort of membership type learning communities and i signed up for your a-list blogger community early on and and i know now you're you know you're running your sea change program right. how, how, how did that come about? Did that seem like a natural progression to, to move into uh, you know learning platforms as an extension of, of blogging?
1: Yeah, you know what? Uh, actually, it wasn't something that I was gravitated toward. It was something I was pushed towards by my partner, uh, Mary Yach, who I think you might know. I do, uh, yes. A-list, yeah. So it was her idea, and she kind of uh, pushed me or maybe dragged me kicking and screaming <laughs> towards it. Um, so the, the kind of the progression that happened was, you know, I, I had started Zen Habits and I was really excited about how it was going and it was kind of a, a life changing thing for me that the success of the blog and I was learning a lot about how blogging worked and I, I was so excited about that. I wanted to share that with other people and so I started write to done uh, a blog about blogging and writing and, um, I was writing articles on that for a while and, and then I kind of run out of things to say (laughs) (laughs) and so mary took it over as editor and then uh she decided that the natural progression was to start basically a boot camp style course um and then so that was where the a-list boot camps came from that was the idea for the thing was hers and it was her name also but she thought i would be a great person to to lead the um the teaching and so i did and it actually turned out to be a lot of fun for me. I, it was a new thing for me because I was I had just been writing articles, um, and this was you know I had live webinars, I had uh, forums, I had articles and videos, and so that was a lot of fun. And then we we moved to the membership uh, program where it's you know a, a monthly membership fee, and that actually was also a new thing for me. But I, I think it was um, a really good format for people, um, and so. We stuck with it for a while and that was um, I think a great thing
0: and what did you find um, I guess you know both most challenging and most rewarding you know switching into to that format from blogging to being you know basically viewed as, as a teacher as a facilitator of a, of a learning community
1: right well in blogging you you do think of yourself as a teacher in some ways um, you know, it's not just journaling you're, you're actually teaching people how to do stuff that you'd learn how to do but just with articles, um, you know. There's also you know video bloggers and podcast bloggers, but for me it was just articles. And so the problem with that is only a small percentage of the people actually do the things in the articles. You know, some people will barely read it. Some people will read it and think that's great, but then not really do anything with it. Um, and so what I found is when you do the more hands-on stuff uh, and online, you know, it, it's hard to do really hands-on stuff, but I did webinars where people can ask questions and I could kind of lead them through um, things in a more, a lot more uh, in-depth course, which would last like four weeks. Um, And we would do forums where people are, you know, interacting with each other and with us, um, going through changes together and and helping each other out and not just, you know, having me write some, some advice, but they would actually help each other implement the advice. And so... I found that to be uh, a lot uh, more effective when it comes to helping people to change, because uh, people want to change, but they have a hard time doing that, And so um, articles, it's real limited, you have a real limited ability to affect change, but with you know, a multi- multiple um, tools, uh, it, it's actually, you, you can see a lot of results, and so that, that was fun for me, just actually seeing people go through those changes.
0: And, and do you feel like there's a particular type of um, learner, or maybe even a particular type of audience—I I don't know—that um, that does well in that kind of, uh, you know, community learning environment?
1: I think it. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it's limited to any particular type. I think most people do better with that than just reading some articles on a blog mm. um, or a book. Um, you know, books I think are amazing tools for learning, but. Again, most of us will read something and maybe mark some notes to do something, but not really do it. But when you have a community of people who are going through the change together, that's almost always going to be much more effective because you have the social, we're all social animals. And when you see uh, other people doing it and you are a part of this community and you want to look good in that community, and so you do what you can. you know, to, to show that, yes, I can do it too. I can do it just along with, with everyone else. Um, you're also inspired by the other people going through those changes. Um, you help each other out. Um, and so that's, you know, uh, in a book, if you need help, who do you, you can't con- contact the author, and you can't contact the other people reading it. Um, but you can in this kind of thing. And so I've always found it to be much more effective for almost anybody. I mean, there are, there are some people who will, will pay for it and not really do it. But um, and compared to you know books or blogs or even watching videos, um, a more hands-on, community-oriented approach has always been more effective for like pretty much any audience.
0: And now you obviously started out with um, even at that point um, a very large audience, as Zen Habits had already been very successful. So you sure. kind of had you know, a group to go out to. Um, I mean, can can somebody? do this coming from the opposite direction, say, you know, I, I really want to set up a learning community. Um, and if they do that, I mean, how, how can they go about building an audience? Do you think that's going to, you know, draw enough people in to, to make that a vibrant community and make it work?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think it works no matter how many people are in it. Obviously, um, some, like some groups are, are better than others, but if you had 10 people working together and making a change together, um, there's there's advantages there i mean you have um you know much more uh, intimate contact you you're able to respond to people you know much better than you can if there's a thousand um so i i really don't think there's any problem with having a small group of people learning together or doing a change together um so that's i mean that's one thing to look at you can also um charge more for more hands on stuff whereas if i you know, can barely talk to each member. Um, they don't have as much contact with me. And so, um, I might not be able to charge as much. Uh, so that's, that's another thing. Uh, you know, all thing, all else being equal, if you can have more contact with the teacher, then that's, uh, worth more, I think. Right. Uh, uh, so, but you know, in terms of just kind of finding the audience, I think a blog is an amazing way to demonstrate your value. Um, uh, and so, if you blog regularly and you can show through free articles that you really know what you're talking about and um, provide valuable stuff, people get to know you they get to start to trust you, and that trust, which you know is built up over time, that trust is really what is what gonna, it's what's going to sell them on your course, not like an amazing landing page or a great uh, marketing strategy. The marketing strategy is. Get them to trust you, and if they if you can do that demonstrate value and credibility um, and trust worthiness, then you can sell a course and um, you know, it's not necessarily going to be you know make you a millionaire um, but it is something I think that's I think an amazing way to um, get people to want to take the courses to build up that trust through a blog
0: and now. I know at this point you're not really actively involved in in, in a list, uh, at least in in terms of the day to day of it, and, and you've turned some of your recent focus to your sea change program.
1: Uh, yeah, actually, I'm not in a list anymore um, at all. Okay. Yeah, Harry's taken over at that.
0: And and so in, in c sea change, um, I mean, it, are you approaching that in any sort of different way in in terms of you know how you're facilitating it, how you're helping the the, the learning happen there.
1: Yeah, well, I learned a lot from a lesson, And so I, I really, you know, thank Mary for dragging me into it. <laughs> uh, I, it really taught me a lot about, you know, all the stuff that we're talking about, how to teach people. And so um, one great thing about SeaChange is that it's focused not so much on blogging and online stuff, but more on changing your life. And so uh, I teach them to do that often through, uh, like, say, habit changes. So we did the habit of meditation um, together in February then this month uh, we 're doing uh, the mindful diet and what happens is um, you'd go through this a single change all at once uh, and so meditating all we had to do was meditate for five minutes every single day for that month and we had a habit tracker where people can log what, whether they did it that day and you can see everyone else on that tracker and so mm. There's accountability, and I think that um, has been a really valuable thing because people really find that to be um, a, a powerful motivator when you when you have to be accountable to a group and you can see everyone else's um, changes also, so that inspires you to do well hmm.
0: Hmm. and what's your you know feeling overall? Um and let me you know figure out the, the best way to write this like for instance I, I've seen you write on, on Zen Habits before about your perspective on uh, the education system uh, in the United States and sure. you know how we're preparing our kids. I mean we obviously live in a world now where huge amount of information, huge amount of distraction as, as you've written about and focus um, I mean how well are people prepared to sort of take the reins of the the learning that they probably need to be able to do uh, through, throughout their lives. Are, are we preparing people well enough for that?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's a great question. Obviously, as you know, I have some strong opinions on that. <laughs> um, I believe that we are being taught to be passive learners. Um, and I don't think it's any kind of conspiracy. I think what happened was it probably came out of the, um, you know, industrial age where you had factory workers who would go and do their job exactly as they're told, almost like machines. Um, and so that's what you wanted to train people to do. And so you, um, we looked at students in the same way. They were to go in there, be trained to follow orders exactly, and to go out and do those orders um, in the workplace. Um, but that's not really the environment that we have today. Today we have... Um, an environment where we want people to start thinking for themselves, to take initiative, to be, motivate themselves and not have to be machines that we have to try and like force to do work. Um, and many of us, like you and I, are independent workers uh, where we have to learn on our own. We have to teach ourselves things. Otherwise, we we die, basically, right. as, as workers. So you learn or you die. And you don't have anyone who's going to tell you exactly what to learn, exactly when, exactly what to do. And you have to figure that out for yourself. But in school, we're not really taught that. We're taught, sit there, listen to what I have to say, spit it back on tests and papers, and um, you'll get a grade and move on to the next uh, course where you do exactly the same thing. Um, You're a passive learner. And so the problem is that when you get out of college, um, you've been doing passive learning most of your life, I mean, with some exceptions, but uh, then you, you don't really know how to teach yourself anything, and so we, we are still looking for people to, to lead us through um, when the truth is all the information that we need is out there, we can teach ourselves anything. In fact, you and I, I'm sure um, you're just like me, we, we teach ourselves things all the time, Right. Uh, and that's really what I'm teaching my kids, is we, we unschool our kids, um, and so they're upstairs learning right now, but not learning the traditional way, they're learning to teach themselves, and so that by the time they're adults, they're gonna be able to learn anything they want, um, anything that they need, and in fact, they will be able to survive and adapt to whatever environment that they face um, you know, 15, 20 years from now, which you and I don't know, um, mm-hmm. you know what is, what's gonna be there. We don't, we don't have any idea what that environment's gonna be like, so how can we prepare them uh, by filling them up with a set of facts and skills that might be completely useless um, in 15 years. Uh, so that's, that's the idea is whatever that environment is, they will be able to adapt to it and teach themselves to, um, to succeed in it.
0: Well, I certainly uh, hope for the same thing for, for my kids and I'm and, and, and trying to inspire the same thing. Um,
1: yeah, and the thing is um, I, I might have come across a lot of times as like you need to unschool your kids, but I don't think that's true at all. I think people who send their kids to school – um, can still teach their kids the same things, and um, kids can be um, self learners throughout their lives, not just during the school hours, and take that kind of skill and apply it in while they're in school. Um, and I think some teachers are great at facilitating that, but I, I don't think schools are necessarily set up ideally for that. Uh, but kids who are self taught learners, um, they can they can succeed in school by you know finding things that they're passionate about and, and um, showing that at school. Yeah,
0: no, I d- definitely agree with that. I have, a, I have a five-year-old right now who's very passionate about many things and I'm
1: gonna <laughs> you
0: know, do everything I can to keep that, keep that passion alive. Um,
1: yeah, I think one problem is that um, parents, not you, but uh, many parents, try and discourage those passions because they're not what you might think of as productive. They don't maybe lead to a, a traditional um, you know, uh, career, And so we don't want them to be like obsessed about video games or obsessed with ninjas or whatever, Right. (laughs) but but that by discouraging it, then we're teaching them not to follow those passions. And that passion might turn into a career later. Um, They might be a video game producer or, or whatever, but they might just learn how to deal with that passion. And then later those passions might change as they get older. And now they'll know how to uh, pursue passions because they, they've, Pursue things that we might think of as silly, um, and so we try not to discourage those crazy, silly passions. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, encourage
0: them. And I, you know, I'd love to see a little more of that inspired in in adult learning situations as well. Which is one of the things I, I think you know happens in, in your learning communities is, is that passion is there, and, and you attract people who are pursuing. Uh, that passion which I think is fantastic um,
1: and when you do see it isn't it amazing
0: it, it is it's incredible <laughs> I you know I've been in some of these uh, sort of more entrepreneurial learning communities and you know they'll, they'll launch and I'll you i go in and and within days they have hundreds and sometimes thousands of people who are just in there communicating and you know they're 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 going through whatever curriculum is there but they're also talking to each other and talking to whoever put it together and um, and you know you don't it's your average association, uh, particularly online, uh, and I work a lot with associations, or your average, you know, boxed training event. You don't see that happen. You yeah. Know, and, uh, so it, it, it's nice to see. Um, and, and maybe to, you know, to, to wrap up sort of around that thought, um, you know, my, my audience is uh, – people who are running education programs who are, you know, maybe they're subject matter experts themselves, maybe they're running a small training firm or working for an association, whatever the case might be, but, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to kind of rethink it a little bit, figure out how they can really rev up their education businesses, their their, their lifelong learning businesses, and, you know, I know one of the things that they struggle with is, you know, how, how do you develop some passion out there, how do you develop an audience that's really going to help you to, to grow and thrive. I mean, if you, if you had one tip, you know, as somebody who really has built a passionate audience and, and, and has, you know, now translated that into, you know, learning and educational opportunities, what would that, what would that one tip be?
1: So well, the way that I've, you know, built up my audience um, and find, found passionate people to come to my site is basically by being passionate myself, doing things that excite me and then showing how I did those things. Uh, so, you know, I might have, you know, eliminated my debt or, you know, learned to uh, run a marathon and those things excited me. And so I, I did them and then I, you know, blog about it so that I show that passion that I have and I show what I've accomplished through that passion and then I show how I did it. And so that's valuable to other people is to see that um, inspiration, first of all, the passion, but also to, to learn how to do things that they're excited about um, and so they come to my blog to learn how to do those things uh, because I've already shown that passion and I've shown the accomplishments. Um, and that's what I found is people, they, they read other people's stories and they get excited about it. Uh, and so I, I found this even just reading a novel. I'll read a novel about a character who's really interesting and he's done something really cool and that makes me want to do it. Right. It's, almost, it's almost magical, that kind of power of inspiration. And so that's what I try and do: is inspire people um, by doing things first um, that I think are really interesting, and then showing them how to do that. And so um, often they might not even do it, but but uh, just seeing that inspiration, whether they follow that exact same path or not, I think the the inspiration itself is really valuable.
0: Right. Right. Well. May we all be able to uh, infuse that kind of inspiration and passion into our education programs. Um, well, Leo. Um, well, first of all, to anybody who's listening, you know, if you're not, if you're one of the few people who's not yet stumbled across Zen Habits uh, on the web, please do visit ZenHabits.net, and you can find out from there all of the other great things that uh, that Leo does. And Leo, thanks so much for for taking the time to talk today.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me uh, talk about things that I'm passionate about.
0: That wraps up my interview with Leo Babalta. I encourage you to visit the Zen Habits website at www.zenhabits.net to find out more about Leo, uh, to read what he's written there, and uh, explore a bit and and find the other resources that he makes available. He's an incredibly generous fellow, and there's just a a wealth of uh, great material on the Zen Habits site. Even though he's no longer involved, I do also encourage you to visit the A-List Blogging Boot Camps site. Um, there's actually going to be a new A-List Blogging Masterclass that will launch soon, and you can sign up there to be notified about that. Uh, A-List Blogging Bootcamps uh, is just a fantastic resource, and I'm sure the Masterclass will be as well. So uh, please go visit the site. You can find it at www.alistbloggingbootcamps.com. And you can also find uh, links to the bootcamp, to Zen Habits, and to other resources on uh, the web page for this podcast on learningrevolution.net. So I encourage you to visit the learningrevolution.net site to get the show notes. Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast, I'd be truly grateful if you would tell others about it, and also if you would go to learningrevolution.net slash iTunes and give a brief review of the podcast for others to read. This is Jeff Cobb, your host, signing off from the learning revolution.